Hello there, and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Today's visitor to the island has had a wonderful career in football. It was a different era, perhaps, from the glory days of the League of Ireland having packed crowds to heading off to London and joining Chelsea and some great days playing for Ireland. It's a pleasure to welcome Paddy Mulligan. So those early days of schoolboy football and the League of Ireland being where it was at, there was no TV football really back no, then. There was no TV, full stop. There certainly wasn't in, in, in my house, that's, a, that's for sure. And, and Shamrock Rose had an extraordinary run of success winning the yeah, Cups. Th- yeah, that particular year in 63-64 season, every competition we played, we, uh, we competed in seven competitions and won the whole seven of them. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a fabulous year. But then smashing players. I mean, Eddie Bailham at centre-forward. What a, what a striker of the ball. Uh, Jackie Mooney, inside-forward. What a header of the ball. I mean, I thought that Bobby Gilbert was good when, when, when Bobby came a few years later. But Jackie Mooney was, was absolutely immense. Jackie had come from Cork Hibs and Jackie was a wonderful, wonderful player. There's no, let's be very clear about it. He, he was a smashing player and what a header of the ball. His general play now, I was brought in as an inside forward. This is, for me was the laughable part about the whole thing. I was brought in as an inside forward to replace Jackie Mooney. I couldn't replace Jackie Mooney. <laughs> and that was, that was Sean Thomas. That was, that was what he said to me. Three. I, said, I, I said to Sean, I said, I can't do that. He's a totally different player to me, Sean. But however, yeah. even, even when I was 17, 18 years of age, I had, a, I had a fair idea of what I could do and what I couldn't do. I had a fair idea of what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. Mm. And I'd be very, very critical of myself of the stuff that I wasn't good at. Very critical. And tell me about the atmosphere and the crowds that we had. The oh, the atmosphere there. was great. I, I, I mean, playing and Waterford were a magnificent team in those days, as as were as were Cork Celtic as well, and 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 Limerick were smashing. Sligo had a had a, had a very very good team. Dundalk had a, had a smashing team. Bowls were coming were coming strong as well. Shells were always there there thereabouts. We would play we would play in Milltown, and there would be twenty five to thirty thousand people at the games. It was just it was just incredible, and we didn't care if the twenty four thousand came to see us getting beaten. And the 1,000 came to cheer us on, as long as it was a, an atmosphere. And what an atmosphere. You had the buses going from town, uh, picking up the football supporters. There was a football supporters bus, it was called. <laughs> the Green Bus, CIE, coming out to Milltown, leaving the people, all the bicycles up against the wall. And then at the end of the game, the buses were back out to take the, the supporters back into town. Young people today would not believe what it was like, but it was just fabulous. And I'd be getting the bus out, and you'd be mingling with the supporters. And that's, that, that, was, that was great. And whether they wanted to slag you or whether they, they thought that you're going to be OK yeah. or, or wishing you all the best in the day, didn't, it didn't bother us. It was just great to be, to be mingling with the supporters. And we had, we had great support at Shamrock Rovers, the very, the very, very best. But then most clubs will, will go and say that. But remember, Des, in 66, we played bowls in a President's Cup final on a Wednesday night in Dalymount. 27,000 people wow. at the game on, on a Wednesday night in a President's Cup final. And we're leading 2 nothing. And we lose three two. We were like demons. And poor we were playing Pats the following Sunday. And we beat Pats either nine two or nine one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pats. But that, that was, <laughs> I wish there had been balls the following yeah. Sunday as well. And that would have happened at that point, but no, it didn't it didn't happen. And when you talk about travelling on the bus even though you're going to be playing the game, 
was it ever nasty or was it just banter Never, and fun? No, nothing, nothing at all. People would be wishing you well. Or, and people who didn't, uh, didn't, who didn't say anything to you, you'd say, well, they're either the opposition supporters, you're hoping they're the opposition supporters, or they just don't rate you as a player anyway. <laughs> so, not at all. And the same thing would happen in the tube when, when, I, when I eventually end up joining Chelsea. If you're going down to the game, sometimes you go in the tube and, and, and you'd be in with the crowd as well. So it was well, a totally, totally different area, as you quite rightly said at the outset. All right. Well, we'll, we'll come to Chelsea now and that move in a moment. But uh, your musical choices and your first one, Paddy. Um, Frank Sinatra, Strangers in the Night. I suppose that uh, we, we'd be going to the dances on a Sunday night. So I suppose you'd be hoping that with some of the words that were in it, that you might, get, you might strike gold. <laughs> but that didn't happen too often. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Frank Sinatra and Strangers in the Night, the choice of today's guest, former Irish soccer international Paddy Mulligan. So you left Shamrock Rovers to join Chelsea. It was, it was, it was a high profile. Were you envied by everybody heading off to Chelsea? No, I, 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 in those days, I think that people were wishing you well and hoping that, that things would go well. Certainly when, you, when, when I was playing for Rovers, there was a great rapport with the, with the crowd. And when I started playing for Ireland, the, the same thing developed. But the players at Rovers were, were sad to see me go because they didn't want to see the break of the team because Johnny Fulham had gone and, and Ronnie Nolan had gone and Paddy Ambrose had gone and then I was, and I was gone. But um, that, that didn't happen. But the, no, the lads were very, uh, very supportive of me and, 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 and wished me all the best. Liam Toohey was the, was the manager. He, he, was, he was magnificent. But what was it like then? So Chelsea were a very trendy team, late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, the, they had the Kings Road. Was it? It was a yeah, they had that. Area. Yeah, they had that. They had that name. And of course, uh, uh, Chelsea is based on the Fulham Road, and then the next road uh, uh, across is, is is the Kings Road. Mm. So I mean, uh, uh, and the Kings Road was the place for for spotting uh, uh, whoever you might like to meet or might to see or just have a look. It's and, where all and the actors and actresses are. And we're all, all over the place. And How long did it take you to break into the Chelsea team? Um, near About a season. I, I played about eight or ten games between October and the end of the season. Mm. And then the following season, uh, I, made, I, made the, I made the breakthrough. And was the pace very different, was totally it? Totally different. Oh, I thought I was fit. I didn't drink or I didn't smoke. I looked after myself and trained hard and, and trained well. And... When I got to Chelsea and doing the training sessions, I go back to the hotel in the afternoon because put me up in a hotel when I was over there first of all, mm. and uh, I go back in the afternoon and go to bed. Something that, what, a, a twenty-four-year-old not at all should be out walking around the place. But no, I was absolutely wrecked from it, and and it, it took me. See, I'd missed out on the pre-season mm-hmm. in, in 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 the July, and when I I discovered then the following season how big a miss that was, but when I got the pre-season under my belt, the following July in nineteen seventy. I, I then was, believe it or not, I was reasonably well conditioned then. I still wasn't as fit as I would like to be, but that, that with, with game time, that progressed. And I remember we were off for 10 weeks that, that particular summer because of the World Cup in Mexico. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, we came back. And Alan Hudson, young player, was only 18. I really gave up on Alan at that point for the simple reason. He came back two stone overweight. I couldn't believe what I was seeing when he came in. And, and that's why I'm always dubious of, of, of building up young lads uh, too quickly that oh, he's going to be this or he's going to be that not necessarily so mm. if they if they go if they go to the right instead of the left they could be in trouble so and there's so many distractions these especially these days uh, there were distractions in our day mm. let's be very clear about that but these days there's even more distractions you can you can go really the, the, the wrong side of of, of of the track and if you do that you're in deep trouble and Alan to me he also he never had the vision that the likes we say John Giles had 
I played uh, in the team, in an Irish team with John Giles. Mm -hmm. He knew my run, he knew exactly, and the ball landed there. Yeah. But Alan, he'd, he'd, he'd do a pirouette on it. It was like being in a circus. I, I, he never knew you know, when you were going to get the ball. Yeah. And there was no point in me making the run down the right because it was never going to come. But you still had to make the run. You had a European final though with Chelsea. Yes, yeah, the, 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 the Cup Winners' Cup final uh, against Real Madrid. I came on as a sub in, in the first game for John Hollands. John uh, got injured and uh, we threw one each the first night. And, and horror of horrors, we had to replay on the Friday in Athens, 48 hours later. Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday and Friday, yeah. <laughs> no problem. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just, it, was only a cup, it was only a European Cup winner's cup final, that was all. Why, why worry about it? But there were a lot of Chelsea fans who, who, um, who couldn't stay on because they didn't, they didn't have the finances. Sure. So we, we made a collection as players and gave, uh, I gave them the money to say, no, this will get you home and this will get you to the match and this will get you your hotel and that'll be it. Right. Yeah, and that that camaraderie. I, I'm not so. I, I I hope that a little bit of it is still there in the game. I I fear that it's not, but let's hope let's hope that it is because I don't think that the the modern professional footballer is as mean or as bad spirited as some people might make them out to be. Yes, there's always a few in in the year I played in. There was always a few meanies as well. Be under no uh, illusion about that. But by the same token, I would like to think that with, with all the money that they they're now earning, that they can put some aside, and if if needs be, they can help somebody else along the way. Your second musical choice, Paddy Mulligan, is the Mamas and Papas. I loved uh, California Dreaming because in '67, Shamrock Rovers we went on an American trip for seven weeks promoting the game of soccer seven weeks seven weeks and what a seven weeks magnificent <laughs> the very best had and you won the we'd won the cup we just won the yeah. cup against St. Pat's beat them 3-2 uh, and Mick Leach scored who was a, a, a huge St. Pat's fan also mm -hmm. and, and uh, Sergeant Pepper's uh, uh, Lonely Hearts Club band that album came out that summer and we Mick Leach and myself went down to the shop and, and, and went and bought it I just like California Dream I, lo I loved Mama Cass thought she, she was great but I thought that the mamas and papas were absolutely Ace. Well, she had seven weeks touring America. Seven weeks touring America, and it was the best seven weeks of your life. And we had the most fun. So I don't get it these days when modern players are looking for events managers and this manager and entertain them. You entertain yourself, and you have the best of you. You 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 converse with each other. You have your you have your bit of laugh. You have your bit of fun. Not once in the seven weeks was there an argument between any of the. I think we had a squad around eighteen players. David Pugh from Sligo was a guest player. Johnny Brooks from Sligo was a guest player. Dougie Woods from Derry was a guest player. Uh, Pat Dunn from he was I think he was was he at Man United or Plymouth? I think he was at Plymouth at the time. He had been at Man United and and, and won uh, uh, league medals at Man United. But uh, and Pat was Pat was the goalkeeper. But uh, one night we were playing and, and David, David Pugh was on the bench and David was very short sighted, he was wearing contact lenses. So uh, Liam Tui was sending him on. We were defending the goal to, to our left. <laughs> it was Puggy went <laughs> to the right. <laughs> well, needless to say, the slagging was absolutely mm -hmm. fierce with, uh, uh, with, uh, with poor old David Pugh. With great but we, memories. All we, had, we, had, we had the best of times. Yes. And, we, and all we did, we did the simple things. We just entertained each other. We chatted to each other. Didn't matter whether we were there twenty four hours a day. We chat you. We go into. We 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 had a, we had a minivan at our disposal. Liam Tilly was the driver, the manager. <laughs> and what what a what a wonderful man. But and we went in to see in in the centre of Boston into the cinema one evening. The Lion in Winter. Richard Harris was in it. Billy Dixon and myself were sitting together. But it, everything we did was simple. But everything we did was enjoyable. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio One.
That's California dreaming, the mamas and the papas, the choice of today's guest, former Irish soccer international, Paddy Mulligan. So, Paddy, great time with Chelsea, European Cup final, etc., the Cup Winners' Cup, but you played with West Brom as well. And West Brom had like an Irish colony there under Johnny Jones. Oh, yeah, it was fabulous. It was fabulous era. Uh, uh, John signed me in, in uh, September. 75, 76 season. Yeah, 75 season. And Mick Martin came then. Smashing player, Mick. Very, very underrated player, Mick Martin. Very underrated. Wonderful, wonderful player. Ray Tracy was uh, bought then a year later at Centre Forward. John himself was there. I remember saying to Gordon, Gordon was the marketing manager. And he said, how do you think we'll do? And I just signed for the club. And I said, we'll get promotion. We're third from the bottom. So we get promotion. I know what this man can do. I know the players that are here because I've played against Jimmy them. Giles, yeah, the manager. And I know, I know exactly what can what can be achieved here. And we got, albeit we finished in third place, but that was the purpose of the exercise, to go and get promotion. Whether it was first, second or third, it really didn't matter. And um, and we got it. Then the following season in the in the old first division as it was then, we finished sixth. You know, so we, we had played very, very well. But around that time as well, we went to Ipswich and it was it was John Giles' birthday. And over the time they said, they wished them a happy birthday. Then they turned to seven nothing. <laughs> they, they had nine shots in goal, and they hit the crossbar twice and buried and buried seven be, behind it. And, and, and uh, we, we couldn't believe it. And we were coming back in the coach, and, and uh, John said to the driver, "Just just put in here some town that we we're coming through." Went out and he said to the lads, "Go and get some cases of beer, cans of beer. Come on, get on it." And, Look at forget about today, and that's it. And we played Villa on the Tuesday, which had been a real local derby. Yeah, sure. We had a lot of hatred there, and uh, at the Hawthorns, and we drew them nil all, which was a smashing result to come back after the hammering. But then we got Ipswich up at uh, uh, the Hawthorns either the January or February for the return game. We hammered them four nothing, and it could have been seven or eight. So it was just uh, the pendulum had swung com- uh, completely. Mm-hmm. And Bobby, Bobby, the late uh, Bobby Robson was not any way gracious uh, after that game at all. Now John John was telling us in the in the rest of that no he he was he was very very uh, perturbed. He said that that Ipswich should have won. They weren't even in the game. <laughs> weren't even in the game. Yeah. Like, mm. No, we had great uh, great times at at, uh, at West Brom. And West Brom were a lovely lovely family club. Bert Millichip was the chairman, who then became uh, uh, FA chairman. FA chairman, yes. And, and we had Sid Lucas there, Supersonic Sid. We used to call him, and he was one of the directors. And he was ah, he, he, they were all they were all lovely men. Why was he called Supersonic? He was so slow. <laughs> <laughs> Only on the mess with him. <laughs> oh God! He, he was he was a heavily built man, yeah. and he just sludged along. <laughs> Supersonic. Here's Supersonic Sid coming along. <laughs> Your days with Ireland, good days and bad days, was that? Oh era, yeah. Wasn't it? To me, every day was a good day. Yes, you don't like getting beaten. Oh, definitely not. But to to play for your country is just that's the it doesn't get that's the pinnacle. It just does not get any better than that. Uh, it's a simple. When I when I first played. I, I said to myself, I'll be happy. Who was your first game against? Against Czechoslovakia in in uh, in Daily Bound, and uh, they beat us. Uh, I think it was two one, but nothing unusual was to get beaten at that time. My first involvement with the Irish team, funnily enough, was in 1966. Noel Cantwell and and, and uh, Charlie Hurley were uh, the joint managers. We were on a trip to Belgium and Austria, and uh, uh, John Giles, of course, and Mick McGrath. Andy McAvoy, wonderful, wonderful players. Noel Cantwell, Charlie Hurley were there, of course, as, as joint managers and playing also. Alan Kelly was in goal. Uh, we got beaten by, by, by Austria. I didn't play, I was, I was on the bench. because I didn't expect to play. Frank O'Neill was in, in the squad. Johnny Fulham was in the squad. Eric Barber was in the squad. So League of Ireland football was well, well represented. Uh, we got beaten 1-0 on the Saturday. Mick, Mick McGrath, 
who was playing for Blackburn at the time, a smashing player as well. Back pass, went short, in, in the, uh, the Austrian in the back of the net. Thanks very much, one nothing. We beat Belgium on the Tuesday 3-2 and I think Johnny Fulham got a goal and, and uh, Eric Barber got, uh, got two. So that was, that, was, that was a wonderful result. But the, the ironic thing about that was I was working for the Irish National Insurance Company at that point and they wouldn't give me time off to go, even though I was representing my country. Oh. They wouldn't give me the time off. So I spoke to my union rep, uh, Paul Clark, who worked in the reinsurance department. I said, what do you think? He said, go, he said, no problem. We'll get that sorted out when you come back. So, went. so off he went, came back. I was hauled before the board of the directors. I remember one particular incident. They said, well, you won't do this again. And I remember saying, no, no, more to the point. He said, you won't do it again. Because I was representing my country. He said, I thought it was an honour. that an Irish company and I'm representing my country. And I wouldn't mind. I played in all the uh, insurance competitions for, for Irish national. Yeah. In Gaelic and, 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 the, uh, and the soccer. During the, during the summer. But when I was going to the States the following season, they wouldn't give me the time off. I wanted uh, f- uh, four weeks leave of absence and, and, three, uh, and three weeks um, uh, holidays, and they wouldn't give it to me. And Bobby O'Brien was my... I was working in the accounting department. Bobby O'Brien was my chief accountant. And uh, I remember on the Friday evening, I was still there at 10 past five because Bobby was in with Kieran McEnry pleading the case. I let Paddy go and they wouldn't let me go so Bobby came back into me and, and uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. O'Brien you would mm. call him came back into me and said Paddy you can't go but he said I am going to go though said, but you can't yeah. <laughs> I said I'm gone so I'm gone Monday morning you mightn't have a job well that's the chance I've got to take so I didn't I didn't have a job <laughs> did you lose your job yeah yeah I lost a job and now today in, in the modern world they'd be extolling your virtues and oh wonderful that he's playing let him have a year off if yes, necessary <laughs> but look that's a, that's these things these things happen in life it didn't uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, particularly perturbed final thing Paddy before your last piece of music your love of GA and Galway GA in particular yes yeah I fell, I fell in love with, with, with Galway GA in 1950 at the um, when Tum Stadium was opened up my, my, my grandparents and aunts and uncles in Tum were, were always big uh, GA followers so it was only natural but I spent so much time down in Tume in the, especially in the summertime and the championship was starting and uh, St. Charles uh, 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 ground in, in, in the stadium Tume Stadium opened in 1950 uh, with two friendly games football I think it was Galway and the football and I'm not so sure in the hurling but I know it was Galway playing and, but then the All-Ireland hurling semi-final was played there in 1950 in, in Galway and Tip yeah yeah, which was which was very unusual but it was played there it was over 30,000 at it and my, my abiding memory of it, well, Galway got beaten 4-7 or 2-6, but my, my abiding memory of it was the trains coming into Tum uh, uh, railway station. And I, and I long for the day, it probably never happened, that the trains go back into Tum Stadium, but uh, that's, only, that's only very wishful thinking, I, I, I do believe, because on occasion we would get the train down to, to, down to Tum and it was just fabulous. But that particular day, with the huge crowd, me as a five-year-old mm. looking at this massive crowd watching Galway and Tip uh, and, and the trains pulling in to take the supporters back to wherever they were, uh, uh, wherever their destination was was just to me just fabulous I was with my, my grandfather that day and he was, he, was, he was just a he was such a lovely lovely man that uh, nothing was too much trouble for him and he'd, he'd bring you every place on, on the bicycle on the crossbar your backside would be very sore, but not to worry about that. You didn't. You were a young lad, so you didn't. You didn't really care. Well, it's, it's but to see the Galway hurlers and footballers. But my my first Connacht final was fifty one, in in Tum, and Mayo came in and hammered Galway, for four thirteen to two three. But that was an exceptional Mayo team because they won had won the All Ireland in fifty, then they went on to win it in fifty one, and and 
I've never forgiven you, Mayo. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm sure you're all bothered down there in, 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 in Cross Malayan and, and Bell Mullet and such places. They're lovely images, Paddy Mulligan. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. We're leaving on your last piece, Scott McKenzie. Yes, wear, wear some flowers in your hair. Another, another, another smashing song. Again, from, from that time when I was in the States in 67 and 68 and, and uh, with, with, with uh, Mick Leach and, and, and Frank O'Neill, John Kyo and uh, all, Liam Toohey, all that. Lads. It's just wonderful, wonderful times. Lovely way to play. Paddy Mulligan, a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, my pleasure, Des, and thank you very so much for the invitation. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.